3: Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line
4: without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue
1: bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com
5: Resilience, relentless, we are always fight. I think that we got our identity now and we know what we're capable
3: of doing. So now it's just like, see that we're going to put it on tape or we're not. Buffalo Bills cornerback Rasul Douglas, what an acquisition
4: he has been. You see, I was I was thinking about it. What if, so a couple of years ago, for context for people that don't know, Zach and I both bought Gabe Davis jerseys, Un- unplanned. We both bought the same white Gabe Davis jersey after 13 seconds. Way to tell everyone we're idiots. Well, <laughs> I'm getting there. I had a thought come to my mind there. What if I bought a Rasul Douglas jersey this offseason? What's going to happen? He's going to get him. cut at training camp. Yeah, right. Like I, I, I cannot buy a Bills jersey just, anymore. Like, and, and, <laughs> like well, well, I, I, I only I, bought I, one in my entire. I, actually, I bought two. I had a Molds jersey back in the day, but okay. But I, I, like I can't buy another Bills jersey after I bought the Gabe Davis one. Like he just disappeared. Like, I tried it's my desperately
3: fault. to just. Work out my issues with jerseys. I don't. I never want to get the quarterback because, like, that's <laughs> that is truly yeah. something I get nervous about. Where like I'm going to get his jersey and he's going to transform into Trent Edwards. I just won't do it. Right. But I'll always try to like get a player where I'm like, there's clearly signs that like they're developing to something. Yeah. I got Gabe Davis's jersey the off or leading into the off season of. They've got something there. Yeah. It was after 13 seconds. They've got something. Here we go. And just, it's been a disaster. Before that was Kiko Alonso. (laughs) I got the jersey. He immediately got hurt and then was traded away for LaShawn McCoy. Brilliant. Thanks for coming. I got a Jack Eichel jersey. Yep. We all know how that went. So for Texas, I got an old Earl Campbell jersey. I'm like, nothing can happen. (laughs) He hasn't been on the team in decades.
4: Brief, real quick for me. It went Drury. Oh boy, yeah. Commonville. Oh no. I mean, he was the captain, yeah, so I'm like, oh, yeah, this is That fine. makes sense, right? Pommonville, again, I got two Palmers. And then I didn't get anything for a while. I, I got a blank one, actually. My parents were like, we're not getting you any more because Pommonville yep. got traded two weeks after I got my second Pommonville jersey. Then I get the Jack Eichel one thinking, okay, nothing can happen here. It's the Winter Classic jersey. This is cool. He's the star. Come on, here we go. Yeah, and that, the, yep. And now I have a Tage Thompson one and I'm scared. Look what you've done. <laughs> Which, by the way, story on that, we were
3: at the game together. It was me, you, and Derek Kramer, you can hear on, on Saturdays here on Sports Talk Saturday. You
4: got that when we were playing Calgary? Yeah. We were playing Calgary. There Sab- was the game where the Sabres scored two goals on three shots and then they lost seven to two.
3: Yeah, right out of the All Star break. The first- Josh misses the game being tied 2-2 because he's still getting the jersey, comes back and looks at us and goes, it's my fault, I'm sorry.
4: Yeah, I was standing in line at the at the the Sabre store with the jersey in hand, and I get the notification on my phone in five minutes of each other that, the, that it's tied. And I called them, and I was like, should I put it back? Like, sh- I have the receipt. Can I return it still, you think? Like, y- yeah. It was- what was
3: fun is both of us literally told you, yeah, you should. <laughs> <laughs> like, neither of us were going to give you the benefit of the doubt. I'd be like, no, man, you're not, like, a bad juju. You're, like, you're
4: fine. We were like, no, no, you should absolutely go take that jersey back. And that's your fault because you fu- you fueled my superstition. I was almost out of my superstitious stage. That's right, that's right. And now I'm back in it. I'm fully in it. No,
3: you're Yeah, you're fully back in because now this season has been a not a good one no <laughs> it has not been good let's go back to the phones we've got a mike hanging on the line mike welcome to the show how are we doing today good guys how are you doing very well okay, okay. thank you uh yeah
5: i, I want to call I, i'm calling because of two reasons number one uh the last one of your last callers talked about josh <coughs> throwing the ball rain, the rainbow ball yep yep and uh the the ball that uh he threw two gigs on uh, on Sunday. If that ball was was a, was a rainbow ball, if he would have threw that out of line, that's a touchdown. Okay. What I've noticed about Josh Allen is he's throwing the ball uh, on his back foot and not like he did last year, which was throwing it uh, and putting weight on his front foot. So I think that's the big reason why he. Uh, why his accuracy is a little bit bad right now, but I also think that they're taking away Diggs in the middle of the field, and that's Josh's. Uh, Josh and Diggs are done slant runs, you know, uh, mm-hmm. slant passes. So I think that those are the two reasons with Diggs. The other problem, the other question or, or thing that I have is they are talking about the referees with, with close games. I 100% agree with the guy. The referee in this year is making the game, in cases, unwatchable. It's that bad. It's ten times worse than it was last year. And I'm not just talking about the Bills. I'm talking about...
3: yeah, You're you're talking league-wide. Yeah, Mike, for me, I, I think officiating in sports is not great. If not just awful. What are you I, talking I, about? It's great in baseball. Yeah. I, yeah.
4: <laughs> I think officiating is, is
3: bad across sports. I think a big problem though is it has become such a talking point because they do have a rules guy come into the studio all the time to explain stuff and
4: Bulldog's been been loud on this these past few days. And they get it wrong like,
1: all right. the time.
4: Yeah. <laughs> and it's also like there's a reason why these guys are like retired or no longer officials. It's like- <laughs> just it's it's very
3: awkward. And then on uh, on Mike's first point there, though, when he was talking about Josh Allen, that has been something I've been hearing a lot of people say, namely on Twitter, is Josh's footwork looks really off these yeah. past few weeks, if not this entire year. And I, I want to go back and look at it. Cause I have not been somebody that's going to stare at his feet or anything like that, but
4: that would explain a lot. That would explain a ton. Well, and think about—I remember watching that video after his rookie year of him when he went and worked with that that quarterback. I think it was uh, a Jordan, Jordan Palmer. Palmer. Jordan yeah. Palmer. When he worked with Jordan Palmer, watching the video of how they changed his throw was so fascinating. And thinking about it now, now that you know the caller brought that up, it looks like he's going back to the rookie year throws where he's, you know, on his back foot and it. And I kind of kind of lunging a little bit. Yeah, and I kind of also I, I equate it to like other. Like you look at other things in other sports, like hitting in baseball, if you're not, you know, weighted correctly, you're going to pop up every time, or you're going to ground out every time. You have to find that happy medium, Mm -hmm. that balance, Mm -hmm. and that's what dig or dig. Sorry, that's what Allen is lacking right now. He's got to find that that balance of, you don't want to lean into the throw too much because you'll you know break your receiver's hands, but if you if you're if you're falling back like you are now. It's not going to be accurate, and I sit here saying this as never been a quarterback in my life, so I don't know. Maybe I'm not fully on board there. No, but I mean, but, Alan has talked about
3: his mechanics and having yeah. it to be muscle memory and stuff like that. Right. And constantly going back to the lab every off season. Again, I don't know his off season schedule, you know, by heart, but he's talked a lot about you know always going back to the lab, always wanting to get it kind of more fine tuned and stuff like that. Yeah, and I could see though just. With the change in offense coordinator, probably the change in the identity of the offense, I could see... I mean, look, he looked very confused on Sunday against New England. And he didn't look particularly great either against the Chargers.
4: Well, as we said before, though, New England, it could have been, you know, hey, they still have a great defense. Bill Belichick, one last time. Right, exactly. He's got one game left. Let Let him, you know, pull a little trickery out of there. But the Chargers game, absolutely, that should not have been as close as it was like it, it i mean east and stick east and stick i i i think that's more so on the chargers offense than the bill's defense the the bill's offense because the bill's offense like had its, had its moments like they look mm-hmm. good mm-hmm. at points but it was more so the fact that wait why is east and stick good this is not what what like this, this is this is my nightmare scenario and i just <laughs> want to go home yeah
3: let's go back to the phones we've got chris on the line chris how are we doing today
2: hey gentlemen how are you today doing Always very well really doing very well up. Good. Yeah, I just wanted to call in. I've lost track of the days myself, and when I was driving back home here from Buffalo, brought my Jason Peters jersey with me.
3: There we go. There that's, we go. That's a name. That actually
2: stopped wow. me from buying jerseys from a long time.
3: Yeah, and that, that really one, I can understand that. That one makes sense.
2: Yeah, that was a hard one. I went to hoodies after the jerseys, but um, I'm not feeling too great about the Bills being three-point favorites on prime time in mm. Miami, what are you guys thinking about the spread? It seems to be going with the Bills. It opened two and a half or up to three. I'm not liking it. I thought we'd be more at a one or a pick'em. So I wanted to hang up. First time caller, long time listener. Take care, guys.
3: Thanks, Chris. Uh, Thanks, Chris. On that point, a lot of it started actually. I believe when the matchup was first being brought up, I actually do think Miami was around a one point favorite, or at least the Bills were one point favorite. But well, why, it was the injuries to Miami yeah, right, of okay, right. Bradley Chubb is out. Okay, Xavier Howard is out. Okay, we definitely know Jalen Waddle is going to be out, mm-hmm. and now has leaned towards the Bills, who have also dominated this matchup. Yep. And it's not like Miami's this incredible team at home; it is not known to be a, a fortress for the Dolphins to play at. And so you also then I think this is a big point too, and people will bring this up. You get the Miami game in Miami in January, and then it's at night. So now the whole they're really their home field advantage
4: of it's hot
3: as hell in South Florida is kind of gone.
4: Yeah, and the and the the way their field is set up too, where you have the, the away team in the sun, there's not going to be any really any sun. The sun's going to be setting. It's going to be. Mm-hmm. I, I think I saw like 72 and potentially rain. So, so I mean, a lot of their yeah, a lot of the that the bonuses they be, get
3: there are kind of null and void when it's at night in January. Right.
4: Also, real quick, Jason Peters still on Seattle. Is he really? Yeah. Good he's, for him. It's questionable right now. He's he's like one of their like backup uh, backup offensive tackles, right guard. I I and just I
3: love the vibe of buying a jersey and it being an offensive lineman.
4: What's great? That's though, awesome. Yeah, that is great. But also the fact that when you look at their depth chart, he's their second string right guard, and their third string left guard. Nice. Jason Peters I mean, that's what he's is brought into. 41 yeah. years old. That's what he's
3: brought in. Like, dude, you're just going to, like, if we need to play you. Oh, I know, but I'm just it's saying. It's DEF 1 and the, we're freaking out.
4: No, but the fact that he's their second stringer is why I'm like, whoa. Like, I would have thought maybe like third, maybe even fourth, but he is listed as questionable right now. So hopefully, yeah, I mean, not too much of an issue. What is he, 42? He's 41. He's 41. He, yeah. when it, It's funny. When Josh, you, he's
3: questionable because he woke up and
4: sneezed too hard. <laughs> when you look, he's
3: 85 in football years.
4: When you go when you go on their bio on ESPN, they show their experience, and it's his 20th NFL season. 20.
3: I'm going to be perfectly honest. That's too many seasons. No. I, 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 I felt, I felt the same way. Get the felt, silver anniversary, bro. Go for 25. I felt the same way about Brady and now Rodgers. We've hit too many seasons. Retire. Let the young guys take over. It is a young... Professional sports is a young man's game. I'm there with LeBron in and ba- and basketball. It's is, a young man's game.
4: Is Jason Peters, does he have the most longevity of any offensive tackle? Up? Like, what's the longest no, up career? up there. It,
3: he's up there. I don't know if he's, I don't know if necessarily about the longest career, but, like, like, he wasn't as dominant as, like, a Joe Thomas with with Cleveland. But Thomas, after 10 years, was done. He was, he was done. He was gone. Peters is just, I'm going to be always, at worst, solid the entire time.
4: Bruce Matthews.
3: Has oh, Bruce 296
4: Matthews. games.
3: Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, Hall of Famer. That makes sense. Well,
4: right. Yeah. I, and it p- doesn't...
3: I, oh, did he play every single spot on the offensive line? I believe uh, he did. Uh, potentially. I think he was one of those guys that I think, maybe
4: outside of center, oh. I feel like he played every single position on the offensive line. Jason Peters has tied the most seasons played by an offensive lineman. He tied Jackie Slater. Jackie Slater played 20 seasons. Well, I, I don't know. Maybe maybe this stat is wrong because it lists Jason Peters as 19 seasons. So I don't know.
3: It's too long. It's too long. Let's but go it's, back it's, to the,
4: it's, it's impressive. It's impressive. Let's go back to
3: the phones. You got Bill and Old Forge. Bill, how are we doing this morning?
0: Hey, guys. Hey, I heard a couple of callers calling, and then you guys possibly agreed with them. I don't know. You guys were kind of on the fence with it. But the whole notion that you don't want the Bills, people don't want the Bills to back into the playoffs or, you know, it's going to be gross or, hey, man, I, I look at it completely different. We only got Josh Allen so many years, right? Um, We've already beaten the Chiefs, the Dolphins once, smashed the Cowboys. Um, They've already beaten a lot of the good teams that are going to be in the playoffs and hung tight with the Eagles and some of the other teams that are going to be in the playoffs. Um, This season's been crazy. It's been like almost two different halves. And since we've had the new coordinator, Brady, I think he's doing a pretty good job being that they just threw him into the mix. Um, The Steelers are going to play the the Ravens' backups this weekend. So if the Steelers beat their backups – to me, they're backing into the playoffs too. But you know what? They're not going to apologize for it. They're going to get in. It will might be out because of it. So I don't care how the Bills get in, because other teams back in all the time. We had a bunch of backup quarterbacks. Of like I mean, you even got Gardner Minshew now. He's playing for a, a playoff spot. Mm-hmm. Russell Wilson a week ago was playing for a playoff spot. You got a backup in Cincinnati. You got Slacko in Cleveland. All these guys. And this is a perfect year for the Bills to sneak in because we got Allen. And when this team plays good. Hence, it's been, you know, kind of crazy this year. But when they do play good, they can beat every single team on both sides, AFC and NFC, this year if they play good. And I, I, I don't feel gross at all. Other teams are getting in with backup quarterbacks. So it's a perfect year for them to to just sneak in whether they get in if they lose Saturday or not, because this is the year they could beat all the teams on on the docket going to the playoffs. Even the Chiefs are having an off year. Um, the Ravens will be tough, but who knows, man. I don't think Buffalo is a bad matchup against the Ravens. So nobody should feel gross if the Bills back in because all the other teams are going to do it too this year and there's going to be backup quarterbacks getting in there. And I think the Bills, considering what they've been through this year with all the injuries and everything, if we get ten wins and get into the playoffs or nine wins and back in, it's amazing to me, to be honest with you, because they were in the water a month and a half ago. So this is like a new season for me. And I still want to wake up on a Sunday knowing they're playing in a playoff game. That, that's, that's the way I look at it.
4: Yeah, Bill, thanks for the call. I, I think he, we he, I think we all want that. That that that's just a great feeling. Every, in everything Bill
3: said is correct. I, I agree with all of it. Mm-hmm. With that being said, if they lost going into the playoffs, for me it would just feel like awesome. Here we go. Well, this and- the season is gonna go <laughs> how we all thought it would six, seven weeks ago. Yeah. With that being said, I, I've said it a few times on the show, I'm gonna say it probably more tomorrow. I think they're gonna be the Dolphins. I think they are gonna be the two C going in the AFC. I really really do, which is a testament to how much they've turned this season around. Josh, they've never been the one seed under this current regime under McDermott and now Allen at quarterback. The highest they've been is the two seed. So I mean, like that's for where the season was at, the Denver game, the 12 men on the field. Incredible. That is phenomenal. Right. But the Bills are part of why the AFC is not considered <laughs> as good as it should be. Well, and also the Bills are a major factor of like why everyone's looking at the AFC going the hell's wrong with you?
4: <laughs> and, and and he he brought up the point of you know like Gardner Minshew and Joe Flacco and all those teams. The Colts weren't expected to, to go win the Super Bowl. The Colts weren't expected to be this team that's going to come out there and and you know go like thirteen and four. Or
3: I mean they're only nine fourteen and seven
4: and now. They're fine. No, no no no. But my point is is you look at the Bills at the beginning of the year and they were expected to do all those things. They're expected to mm-hmm. go to the Super mm-hmm. Bowl. Maybe not win it, but go to it. The Colts were not.
3: We're a borderline a rebuilding are, team. Yeah, the
4: Colts are here I, kind of on luck. Jonathan, were, Taylor, Jonathan Taylor comes back, and he's he, he wants to play for the teams for some reason, and he's Zach, healthy. Zach Moss was pretty cool for Zach a little bit Zach Moss was crazy for three weeks. And, you know, it's just there's there's a, a stark difference between teams like the Colts and even the Browns and the Bills. Houston, Houston, you can throw in there as well of just like yeah. a team that was like, oh, Oh, you're interesting. Like they're, they're kind the, of fun. those are like the surprise, and, and Pittsburgh too. It's like you're you're kind of surprised that they're there, and they're just kind of there because they're you know spunky and fun. I just I you but know the Bills the, the Bills weren't expected to be that. They were expected to be a level above this. That's yeah. why I have my issue with. Well, other teams are backing in too. So why don't why don't we just do it? And it's like no, because we weren't expected to do but, that. The expectations were far different. I guess. I, 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 Bill's call is
3: making me think about it again. We brought up a little bit here in the beginning of the show, but like I'm having this thought again of like, you know, potentially the AFC Championship game because they would get potentially Kansas City at home in the divisional round. You've played them really well over the last few years. No, you haven't beaten them in the playoffs, but you get them at home. It would be Patrick Mahomes' first road game, road playoff game, excuse me. And so you beat them and you make the AFC Championship game. Let's say against Baltimore, it's one versus two, and they lose. How how do we look at this season, Josh? Like how how is that season all of a sudden looked at? Now in playoff games, no one really cares how you win them. Just win them. Well, that yeah, that's different because like it, truly no one cares. Right. Just win them. If you win seven to three, I will be ecstatic. But a big reason, <laughs> but a big reason people were calling for McDermott's head a few weeks ago was the fact that with Josh Allen, he's made one AFC championship game. It was in 2020 and they kind of got blown out. Do people radically change their tunes if in this year, in a year where, like Bill pointed out, a lot of teams in the AFC are pulling out backup quarterbacks and, and they're just kind of blimping in or they're backing in or whatever it is, if they make the AFC Championship game, does it all of a sudden become like a huge like success story for the Bills? Or is it kind of looked at as like a, yeah, but like you were one of the few AFC teams that didn't look like complete, you know, garbage. Yeah for a majority of the year that even when the bills were kind of like limping around Kansas city was doing the exact same thing. The chargers fire their head coach. Cause they are a joke. And I even with Cleveland, when they were winning, it was still um, until they got Joe Flacco, their constant thing was, I mean, the defense is good, but like, who's going to play quarterback up mm-hmm. until like four weeks ago. Yeah. So like, I mean, is it a huge indictment on the AFC? Is it a huge win
4: for the bills that they make the AFC championship game? I think it also matters who they play in the playoffs. Agreed. Agreed. If if they if they play the Colts in the first round and they play the Chiefs in the second round and they you know they go to the AFC championship and they beat both those teams, the Colts won it okay, how did you beat them? If it's a close game, but you know, Jonathan Taylor had a crazy day, then it's like, All right, well, you know, you contained them as best you could, but your offense stood up and did what they had to do. You got the you got the job done at home. Right. And then if you beat the Chiefs, the way you beat them a couple weeks ago, it's all right. Well, that was great. You know, mm-hmm. that good job. You did it again. And you beat them at home. You gave them their first you gave Patrick Mahomes his first ever road playoff loss aside from Super Bowls. And then you go to the the Wild or the you know, the the AFC Championship game and it is what it is and you lose to Baltimore. That's when you can say, "Okay, it's well because that's it's think, regarded like, as a
3: good 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 job. What if it's like 2020 again, where they show up to Baltimore and they just oh then it's then and, it's, and, and Baltimore's clearly the better team. It's never really close, and Baltimore's going to the Super Bowl. Well,
4: then you go back to the question of what's with the up and down because in this scenario, you look at the first two weeks of okay, you beat Indianapolis and your offense was great, and then you handled the Chiefs like you did in the regular season, and that was cool, but then you fell apart. The next game mm-hmm. it, it it goes yeah. back to the the you can't you can't stay consistent and now if it's you know if it's like 13 seconds then I have nothing to complain about it's you played great and you, you lost well un- unless
3: a, you make a similar coaching decision well, right no no, no but, yeah, but if you mean right, like a right. truly just great game where it was whoever had the ball
4: last yeah like or like the 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 Rams Chiefs game that one year where it was like there was like all 100, that, that almost money, like 100 yeah, points yeah, score the, the Monday night game yeah. yeah yeah where Jared Goff looked like the next coming of Peyton Manning, the best he like, ever played. Yeah, simply but, put, the best he ever played. But that's that's where it's there's so many contingencies of like, okay, who did you play yeah. and how did you play against them? How are the wins? How were, what was the loss like? It, it it hinges on a lot, and that stuff you won't be able to talk about till after the yeah. after the season. I mean, it's the
3: thing. Look, the the story on the Bills 2023 season is still, of course, being written. That is no one's saying it's not. But I just I had that thought of like, man, if they do make the AFC Championship game with everything, as Bill pointed out there in that call, like, it's just. Is it a successful season, or is it still a season of people going like, no, they should have been in the Super Bowl. They came in with those expectations. They never should have changed, and they just got in their own way too many times. Until
4: I see how they do in the playoffs, if they make it, that's going to be my reaction to this season of you had all these great expectations, and then you just didn't perform. And and in games, you should have, too. It's not like you had this crazy hard schedule where – you know, you're playing the Cowboys and then the Eagles and the Chiefs back to back. Oh, wait, you did that. And <laughs> you, you you actually did, did do and that. And you did really well. You went two and one in that run. But my my point there is, is you did really well in those three games, but then you look at the stretch of you start up the season against the Jets and you blow that. But then hey, you beat the Raiders and the Commanders. That was great. And then you beat the Dolphins. Awesome. We're rolling. And then the Giants come to town, and you're just dis- or the
1: Jaguars. You go to you go to London. The
4: Jaguars. You go to London, and then you're disappointed. Then you come back home, and then you, whatever that Giants game was, it's and then and it. then the Patriots game. So it, it it's that's where I have my issue. Is, is is the Bills did great in the games that they needed to, in the games that they, you know, were expected to lose or or whatever you want to call it. But they didn't do that in mm-hmm. the games they were expected to win. And yeah. that's that's what this year has come down to. That's what. The past couple of years have come down to so.
3: I mean, there's there's a reason why they've never been the one seed under this core, right? They exactly. they just they will routinely drop these games and like and that's where I I still get frustrated with this team, but I think this year I think it's it's come down more to some of the decision they made in the off season with offense coordinator, and I I'm now starting to really wonder how much talent they
4: have on this offense. And you know what? There's a reason why my Twitter handle is Captain Optimism because I as much as I just said you know oh they did all this and what happened. I am firmly believe that next year they could do it. Oh, yeah, they're, like, right, they're right back to being one like, of the five like, favorites. Like, so it, it, yeah. July hits, and I'm like, hey, you know, the, oh look, they're playing the Patriots and I don't know the Cardinals back to back. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna smoke them both times. It's gonna be great. Yeah, but I, I can get, and, it. Then, I can and, get it. and then we then we get there and then it's like, oh well, whoops, they didn't. Well, they do they that. lost to the Cardinals. <laughs> great, love it. All right, line still
3: open. 803-0550 is the number if you want to join me. And Josh, we are going to take a quick timeout filling in for Sal Capaccio and Sneaky Joe DiBiase here on The Extra Point Show. And you're listening to WGR.
6: Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are are so let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first 3 orders while supplies last minimum $10 per order additional terms apply
1: T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns including right here in yours
6: Put the spring back into your step and into your home too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at BlindS.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.
2: Here's the snap going over the left side. And he's in. Good block up front by Dawson Knox, the tight end, as he cleared the deck. And Allen went right in behind
3: him for a one-yard touchdown run. Chris Brown on the call there. Josh Allen picking up the rushing touchdowns as the year goes by. I mean, he continues to just break records. And just looking at his stats here real quick with rushing touchdowns. He's crazy. He has 15. Yeah, he's crazy. Jalen Hurts has 15, and then leading the league, Raheem Mostert at 18. Jalen Hurts should have, like,
4: five. But,
3: I, but, but my <laughs> thing is, though, and I know why people get mad about it, because it's like, oh, look, no one can stop DeAndre,
4: him, oh, DeAndre Swift should have, like, 25 touchdowns this year. He should be like
3: Raheem Mozart, where it's like he's picked up a ton yeah. of them. Well, and this is where Lamar Jackson—he hasn't picked up a ton of like rushing touchdowns either, because Gus Edwards takes them all. He has twelve this year, right? Exactly. But Ellen and Hurts that, are like easily the—they're the fullback power backs of
4: their teams, which is just wild. I mean, the modern NFL is is wild. Imagine they start doing the tush push, but with fullbacks. Like in the worry of like, hey, we don't want to hurt our quarterback.
3: Make fullbacks great again. There we go. I want Reggie Gilliam. We
4: literally. <laughs> we're, uh,
3: we're, we're, I want him to have I want him to have like a 10 touchdown season or we're something. We're both in our mid twenties. I cannot remember the last time a fullback meant anything. Kyle Uzchek. Blocking. He
4: blocks. But he it's was main great But
3: he was elite at it. Like he was the last elite
4: fullback, in like, my opinion. And that's
3: my thing is like we, we didn't like live during an era where, you know, like the fullback could actually be like the main running back. Everyone's like, no, stop it. They're like, they're a sixth offensive lineman <laughs> if the tight end can't do it. Just oh, it's it, like the NFL has gotten like both much better. But then I'm like, oh man, who is I who the fullback is, position? Who is
4: your best fullback of all time? Oh, I oh he's I, on Tampa Bay. I'm trying to think of his name. I don't even know if I could. Name Mike him. Alstott. Thank you. Thank you. I was gonna say I don't even know if I could name like three of them outside of like Reggie Gilliam, Kyle Uzjec, and. There's the list. There you go. That's my there knowledge. You of you're, you're getting back
3: into like the 70s in football, where it's like <laughs> they now just start calling like the running backs the tailbacks because they're like eh, it might be a fullback. Oh, Franco Harris. Yeah. See, there. Perfect example. 1970s. He wasn't even a running back technically. He's full. He was a fullback. What? Jim, what? Jim Brown. Jim Brown. Yep. Same thing. Yep. So yeah, when you. So back, now we're gonna say OJ Simpson was a fullback? No, he I think was classified as a running back, and that's the thing. Like you're gonna get into the weird like 60s and 70s, and even to a certain extent the 80s where some teams their main running back was actually registered as a fullback. It's a fun time. This Earl list, Campbell I do
4: not think was that guy, though. This list I'm looking at has Jim Brown listed as the yep. best. Yep,
3: yeah. Jim Brown, yeah. That, yeah. I, I didn't even think about him initially, but he's almost perfect for that example of he was a running back, but we labeled him as something different. Syracuse. Syracuse, yep. He also played the cross there. Syracuse. What? Yeah, Syracuse college really? football, by the way. They're going to get real interesting real fast. They are. And I can't wait for Sal and Jeremy to talk about it endlessly. I mean, just they—they <laughs> they are getting a recruiting wunderkind in Fram Brown, and it's already—it's already, it's already paying dividends. Kyle McCord leaves Ohio State to go to Syracuse. It's Going to be a lot of fun. Did you watch any of the college football playoff though? From uh, we didn't. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about it because I am a Texas fan. We'll do that here for a few minutes. Here. Oh, good. We can but, make fun. But, of did,
4: you. but did you watch any like the Rose Bowl, the Sugar Bowl? I—I I, got to be honest, I didn't. I was playing hockey during the rose bowl and we Mm -hmm. had someone had a phone on the bench and we were watching it like between shifts so i was watching it like here and there i saw when it was like i think it was like 13 to 10 at one point Mm -hmm. i was watching at that point um but other than that it was just like highlights and then the texas washington game was fully highlights because i was leaving the rank coming home putting all my stuff away showering going to bed so there's never a moment where you could like Like, just sit down no i couldn't i couldn't just sit down and watch but but you know i saw bits and pieces of everything and obviously like you know, I saw the offensive explosion that was Michael Penix Jr. Man, he he, he is he's gonna be really fun We're probably to talk gonna... about for draft season. Yeah. Because he is
3: somebody number one, and this is a big thing, and, and Bonix is kind of the same thing. He's gonna be twenty four, about mm-hmm. a week and a half after he's drafted. I think I think his birthday's early May. He's gonna be twenty four after he's drafted. He's had two ACL surgeries. Yeah. <laughs> but
4: boy, oh boy, does he have a live arm, and he is accurate with it. A lot of his throws in that game against Texas reminded me of Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes, like just On threading the threading yep. the needle through three defenders, not even and not even caring. He's, like he's brilliant like, oh, at mani- cool. he like, manipulates the pocket, just like another the best college
3: quarterback in in the sport. Yeah, and as well, he just like he reminds me a lot of Joe Burrow in 2019 with LSU, where yeah. he wasn't throwing to progressions or he wasn't going through progressions. He was throwing to just open windows. Yeah. He just kind of knew where his wide receivers were going to be it's, and through to said windows. It's almost it like was, it was, it, it was as a Texas fan and I'm a diehard Texas fan. I think a lot of people now know over the past few weeks, it goes bills for me than Texas. Uh, I was in hell for four hours. <laughs> and even then I was like, this is magical at, at points where it just, he was just in a bucket. Yeah, to Roma Dunza and Jalen Polk, and then even just a no-name
4: tight end out here, he's going to catch six, seven passes just because he's open. Right, and Penix is going to find him. And what's super interesting too is like, I don't even know if this is like really a term, but I'm going to make it one. You you see zone defenses where it's like, hey, you're protecting this area. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's almost like Penix has like a zone offense where it's throw to this area and someone will be there. Like throw in like this like. I mean, that's, I mean that's six foot box yeah. and someone's going to catch the ball. Doesn't matter if you can see him or not; they're going to catch it. It's
3: I mean, th- but that's that's what having a wide receiver room like Washington's do- like that that Washington does mm-hmm. that just the confidence you can see in Penix whenever he threw the ball yeah. against Texas, he just kind of knew my guys can go make that catch. Gonna, my guys are going to do something here.
4: We're going to have an interesting conversation as the draft gets closer because I, for one, am a Caleb Williams hater. And yeah you can't you can stand am him. fully i am fully on board with get penix above williams i just i it's not gonna for happen. for me it goes may daniels no okay. penix
3: williams i'm not there at all Penix Penix is three for me williams is one may jane daniels is four then Bo Nix is five
4: Bonex is five. That's then, okay. Then we
3: then we get into the whole like the weeds of Joe Milton with his bazooka of an arm out of Tennessee. <laughs>
4: well, and and, and Jaden Daniels is interesting too. He doesn't have to be at two, but I can't I can't justify Penix there, but I also can't justify Williams there. It's gonna be it's gonna I, be a
3: very interesting draft season. Not to not to jump too much into it because yeah. uh, the Bill season is still alive and they're not in for the quarterbacks. But on that point though, five QBs should be taken in round one. Three wide receivers should be taken within the top fifteen picks. Yep. And there's two considered near generational offensive tackle spots as well. Yeah, we haven't even touched any of the defensive players. <laughs> this draft class is obnoxious with how talented it is, and so for me, yes, and I'm a I'm a big Malik Neighbors guy. Roma Duns is amazing. Marvin Harrison Jr. is amazing, but Texas or uh, excuse me, Buffalo is going to have options if yeah. they want to go wide receiver with the guys in at Texas, uh, 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 Xavier Worthy and Mitchell i mean they they are going to have options there Jalen Polk out Jaylen of Washington is going to be another one yeah. where you're just like oh, okay right i mean you know i for one i, I just it's going to be really interesting to see where the bills want to go here i think there's no way they avoid the wide receiver position no. i don't think they're going to bring back Gabe Davis i do i'm going to be interested though in the combine Xavier Worthy's 40 time is going to be interesting he seems like i think he's Deshaun Jackson regenerated. Ooh. I, like, he, like that's who he has been I in like college. That. Adnai Mitchell has been somebody that has been a playoff game merchant until mm-hmm. this year, where he got like the full, like, you're the number two here at Texas. And he was great. Him and Quinn Ewers had an immediate connection. He had an amazing touchdown grab in the Sugar Bowl as well. It's like, I think this is the year, if you're Buffalo, and you've been on the y, and if you're a bills fan if you've been on the wide receiver train here for a few years this is the year where like i i would riot if the bills in the first two rounds didn't draft a wide receiver the position's too deep it's too talented and you have a need
4: there i also want to add i'm not saying that caleb williams thing to be like you know ooh hot take clickbait no i i just i i see the talent he has mm-hmm. i i really do but just that i don't think he can handle pressure i really don't it, and and the way he acts like off the field too like he reminds me of like Russell Wilson in that sense of just being kind of like a jerk. What if he
2: stays another wonder. year at USC?
3: Or can uh, he?
4: He actually has already declared. Oh, okay. He oh, has right. already okay. declared. That All was
3: right. a thing though for a few weeks where it was like is he is is he going to stay? It seems it, like he's going to stay and yeah. then and he didn't and that makes sense. I mean there's you got a shot at the NFL and to be fair,
4: it's about the midpoint of the season. His stock was never lower right uh,
3: after the notre dame game
4: that's the game that i'm thinking I, i'm sure it's one game yeah but like man like you got to put him in the right you got to put him in the right room i think to have him be to what, have the caleb williams to have, experience yeah. you're thinking of yeah. right to, to to have the the best one possible mm-hmm. at least at the start like you know as as his career would go on like the team could change around him, and he'd probably be fine. But at yep. the beginning, you need to have a good start. Yeah,
3: We do have an update uh, from the Bills. Buffalo Bills head coach Sean McDermott is speaking right now with the media. It's just going to be a walkthrough practice today, but McDermott did say every member of the 53-man roster is going to practice today to some capacity. We don't know yet. We'll find out later today when the injury report comes out. Justin Shorter, his 21-day practice window is closed, and the Bills have chosen to keep him on injured reserve. That does mean his season is over. So to those hoping he would be elevated to maybe take someone else's spot, a Shurfield, a Hardy, that is not going to happen. And then he also did give an update on Bills quarterback Josh Allen. His neck is, quote, still sore, but that he anticipates him playing this Sunday against the Dolphins. That fits to what he said on Monday as well, where he doesn't think it's going to affect him too much here down the line. We're going to take a quick time out here. When we come back, we'll wrap up the show and get you ready for Sabres Live coming up at noon. Zach Jones, Josh Schmidt filling in here on the Extra Point Show, and you're listening to WGR.
6: After the end of a good fight,
3: you
1: deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste, because you know the bigger the fight, the
4: better the reward. You put in the hours...
3: Quick final segment here as we get ready for Sabres Live coming up at 12 o'clock here. Sabres are in Montreal tomorrow night, 7 p.m. puck drop over in eastern Canada. Zach, Mm -hmm. do you understand Super Bowl squares? Vaguely, kind of. That's not the gambling I've ever done, man. Like,
4: everyone does them, and I'm just like, they're there, and I don't really care for them. Because like an hour ago, I get a text from my girlfriend saying, what's a Super Bowl square? And to be honest with you, I don't know how to explain it like cuz i told I, I basically told her i'm like it's like gambling and you're like betting on the score and I've, i I've, i know I've, I've, i know I've,
3: you get numbers and that you can win money each quarter and then there is a a final winner right based yeah. on based on the numbers it, you have
4: i think it's basically like betting the score like mm-hmm. the final score on on like fanduel or whatever but the only time I ever did it, I, I I did one Super Bowl square, and I asked my friends like to explain it to me. They're like, well, we will like throughout the game, whatever. Like We were doing a like, Super Bowl party, and it was fun, whatever. And I, I ended up losing, and I'm like, how did I lose? And they're like, well, your score didn't pop up. And I'm like, what do you mean? Yes, it did. And they're like, well, it, this, that, and the other thing. And I'm like – Yeah, it was, but, the, it was the wrong quarter that but, yeah, your score it's popped up. Like, but my up. numbers yeah. popped up. And they're like, yeah, but that didn't matter. It, it was in the wrong time. And I'm like – it. it that's, I mean, that's
3: essentially what it is. You, you get numbers, and, yeah. you, and you want to get your numbers right. I think cause you, I, yeah, and you want to get them right for the right quarter. That's, but I've that's never I've
4: never it. done it again because it's like, you know, I, I'll gamble and I'll lose money, but I want to know how I'm losing it. See, if, I, I, if I don't understand it, I'm not doing it. I like the fun
3: <laughs> Super Bowl bets where it's how long is the national anthem going to last. That one's good. Over, or, under, on the big finale, is it going to be five, six, seven seconds? I like to bet on
4: that stuff. I like the Gatorade color. Yeah, that was fun. That was fun. I've seen stuff with cleats recently with mm-hmm. like how players, you know, are customizing their cleats and stuff like that. Um glove color, too. Like what celebrities gonna be at the game. Yep. yep. Those yeah, are fun. Those ones. are cool. I way prefer to do those for the Super Bowl than anything to do with the actual That's game. That's part of the fun with the Super Bowl. That's and then like the also charm. like 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 guest appearances at the halftime show or what commercial's gonna be first, what yep. commercial's gonna be last.
3: Yeah, I'm a big fan of that. I'm a big fan of that. Real I'm quick, excited. though, real quick on the Sabres, because they do play tomorrow. Yeah. Don Granado was on today, mm-hmm. not yesterday, so he was on today. If you didn't miss that, you can find that on the Odyssey app or on our website, WGR550.com. Kyle Posso going to be out for a few weeks here. Josh, where 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 are you at with this team? We Because we're still well, – we're, we're, for me, personally, I'm having the same conversation of can you win
4: two games in a row, please? Yeah. Well, can we even just go on a small win streak here? We have lines from earlier at practice – Oh boy. some interesting defensive pairings uh, Samuelson and then Clifton and Ryan Johnson were rotating. I okay. like Samuelson and Ryan Johnson together. Dalini and Yoki Hari, we've seen them you know be fine together and then Power and Eric Johnson. It's I don't like Samuelson Clifton at all mm-hmm. but I do like Samuelson and Ryan Johnson. That's fun to me. And then we also have Skinner Thompson Tuck as expected. Paterka Cousins Quinn as expected. Greenway, Middlestat, Benson, Gergensen's, Krebs, and then Robinson and Akposo were switching off on that line. Or Robinson and o- okay. o- Olofsson. Olofsson. Yeah. Not Okposo.
3: I just, it, with the team especially, just, I, I, I'm getting to a point now where I'm just apathetic to them again. Where they're just like, they're there. Yep. I, I'll I, go to
4: games. It depends. Because okay. it's something to do on a Saturday night. <laughs> I think these first five games out of, like, the New Year's break really matter. Yeah you have Montreal here and then i think they stay on the road for one more game yeah they go they go to pittsburgh on saturday okay come home and you host seattle we're going to that game actually we are going to that game ottawa and vancouver these next 5 games i think are really important oh man it'd be so sick if they could just win home games yeah that would be that'd, cool. be, that'd be really cool but if if if, if they can get like out of the ten possible points over the next five games, or yeah, five games, if they can get, let's say, six points, I think that's that should be like the the low, personally. But if they get that with how they've been playing, I think that's good. I just I, I get nervous that we're
3: we're going back to where we were a few years ago of just keep improving, just right, yeah, know, checking it off on, on a box of like, hey, they did this thing really cool, they did. Th- I, this is a team that was one point out of the playoffs and was scoring like the wind last year, and now all of a sudden it just it feels like everything
4: last year was just a mirage. In reality, looking at looking at these next five games, on paper they should probably win four of them, and they're going to win one. Stop!
3: I, no. I, un- until Wait. they until they win
4: games Stop. in a row, no. I, I can't believe no. that. Stop it, because that's the thing. They're basically a five hundred hockey team. I mean, yeah. sure they're fifteen and nineteen and four. But for the most part of the year, they've been like win-loss, win-loss, yeah. yeah. win-loss. Like they've had, they've had a few it's not losing like, streaks, it's not, but nothing crazy. Yeah, it's not like last year where they went on an eight-game losing streak and then a nine-game losing streak. Like it, It's it's not one of those years, but it is a year where it's like, hey, start winning games in a row, please. Yeah. Just just three. Let's start with three and go from there. <laughs> we'll go from there. More Sabres talk coming up next. Brian Duff,
3: Marty Baran, they're going to be on Sabres Live. Zach Jones, Josh Schmidt calling it a day we'll be back tomorrow from 10 to 12 as well as we'll be filling in for the extra point show with sal and joe in the morning thanks
1: for listening and this is wgr t-mobile has invested billions to light up america's largest 5g network from big cities to small towns including right here in yours and great coverage is just the beginning right now families and small businesses can save up to 20 percent versus at&t and verizon when they switch visit your local t-mobile store today